found an old sketchbook while I was cleaning my room out uh, a couple days ago from, I think, like 2015 when I was in community college, taking a community college art class. And it was a portrait of a friend that looked nothing like my friend. It was an awful drawing. But I, I really liked that drawing because... I could see exactly how my untrained eye used to look at things. And um, I like I didn't know at the time that I was really good at this until someone pointed it out to me. But I was very sensitive to like light changes, which is really important when you're learning how to draw, especially that's why like every art school has you draw with charcoal because understanding like value changes is super important. And I was like instinctively tapping into that. Proportionally, the drawing is atrocious. It looks nothing like my friend. It's, it's, it's bad in that sense. But in the sense of like starting to understand how light values shift and how to create depth in a drawing, that was very intuitive for me. And I think it's, it's funny that I ended up going to comics because comics you almost it's almost like ignoring those light changes because you're doing something really flat but also if you're a very good cartoonist you're actually embracing those light changes and doing some really challenging stuff um like pushing your your interpretation of shifting light uh to it to such an extreme extent and it was the best way for me to challenge myself. I think that's why I ended up being a cartoonist. But th that's not what this episode is about. It's not about should you be a cartoonist. The episode is should you be an artist. My answer for both questions is still going to be yes. But <laughs> today we're talking about should you be an artist. Um, so I would like to know, Ash, when did you... What was the moment that you said I should be an artist? I wish I had a moment. I, I wish it was that cinematic. Um, we've talked about this so many times already that I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but I've just always been an artist. I've always drawn, I've always made things with my hands and it's always made me happy. I was always the creative kid. I was always the one with, you know, art on the fridge. I mean, every kid has their art on the fridge. I, it's nothing special, <laughs> but that was my identity growing up was I just like to draw and I embraced it fully oh. as young as I can remember. And yeah, not much has changed. Um, well... Before I answer that, I would like to maybe ask further, what's the earliest drawing you can remember making? I don't want to say. I know exactly what it is, and okay. I don't want to say. You can, cut, you can cut this out if you don't want to say it. For me, actually, and not to, not to make it sound depressing, but some of my earliest drawings that I remember were of um, my dad and my grandparents because they died when I was... Um, well, my, my grandparents, my grandmother died when I was three, but my grandfather and my dad both died when I was like seven or eight. So I would draw like pictures of them in heaven because, you know, I was religious growing up. And um, those were like the drawings that everyone was really proud of. They're like, oh, you're drawing your, your family in heaven. That's so sweet. That's so cute for a child. <laughs> um, so that's like, I think that's when I remember like starting to draw and like my first moments of praise. But I also remember in, I think it was fifth grade, 
I got a, a set of oil paints. <laughs> Would you give a 10-year-old oil paints? I don't know. But um, they like they bought the whole set from Costco. And I made these these paintings that were like so cheesy. It was like people of all different races and creeds holding hands around the, the planet Earth. And it's like, can't we all get along or something like that? Um, and I gave it to my teacher sticker. and she put it up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> basically. But she she put it up in the classroom and I was like, oh, I'm so proud of that. Um, and I think I like I, I've talked about uh, my first story, which was like the Powerpuff Girls inspired um, twins called Fire and Ice. And that drawing was, you know that's when I realized that like, oh, people like it when I draw. Maybe I should keep doing this. I like it when I draw. Maybe I should keep doing this. It's so fascinating to me that we equate this whole experience with drawing as children as if drawing as an adult still feels like a childlike act. And okay, I feel it the, does. the reason I was excited to talk about this topic for this episode is I feel like I carry this almost like embarrassment around with me that I'm I'm pretending I'm still playing pretend as an adult and I'm getting paid mm-hmm. to do it but I'm making silly pictures while other people are in oil rigs or like saving kittens from trees I, I do you ever feel like you don't provide anything real to the zeitgeist I uh, I suppose I don't have I mean to be fair, like, I come from a family of, like, nurses and engineers and pilots and accountants. Like, everyone in my family is, is quite uh, practical, I would say. And drawing was always such a just a hobby for a lot of them. But um, I also grew up in a house that loved television. Loved movies. And we watched The Simpsons every week. And we were just, like, every movie we would go see in theaters. Like, we were just consumers of media. And from a very early age, I was like, someone is making that media. And I want to be that someone. So I never felt like I'm useless. I didn't feel that way until I was an adult. And I was doing my silly drawings and not getting paid for them. Once it was like, oh, I have a responsibility to make payments and, and get bills taken care of. That's when the like dread set in. But I, I still, you know, I'm still like, well, someone's making those comics. Someone's making those movies. And gosh darn it, I'll make sure it's me at some point. It's survival of the fittest. Like if other people can make it, you start to believe I can make it myself. But there's exactly. this, this period of insecurity until you start quote unquote making it where you're just seeing yourself trip and fall and no one really seems to appreciate what you're making until someday they do. But when you're in that interim period, it can be excruciating and like it's it's rife with self-doubt because you wonder maybe the fact that I'm not making it right now is because I wasn't meant to make it. Maybe this is mm-hmm. reserved for like the upper echelon of artists, like the people that were meant to do it from birth. I don't know if you ever feel that way, but there's like a whole slew of socioeconomic pressures I feel as an artist where I I just wonder, do I deserve this? Do I deserve to get to do the thing that makes me happy? Which is, you know, it's, it's, it's a thought dilemma that we don't really need to put ourselves through. But 
again, those expectations are oftentimes external and you feel them from other people or you feel them from the industry within, you know, you're operating. I mean, have you ever worked on a project where it felt like your client just did not understand what it is you were doing for them, what you were providing? No, because I don't have a lot of clients, you know, like the few clients that I do have, they're other artists, so they understand what goes into it. Um, and the other clients that I've had that were not artists, they were always like, it was almost like I was doing them a favor by drawing them or by drawing their friend. It's like, they're like, oh yeah, whatever you think is best, whatever you think is clever. Um, I don't know, maybe we're coming from at this topic from two different sides because I, I don't, I genuinely don't know your experience with your like challenge with, do I want to be an artist? Because for me, it was never whether or not I deserve to do it. I've always had this like ego that was like, I deserve to do whatever I want. Like, as long as it makes me happy, of course I deserve it. It was more of a, am I good enough to do this? That's where my real, like, that's where my real humility comes from. Because either way, I was going to goof around and draw books or write books. Like, I was going to goof around in some manner. It was just, do I want to be an artist or do I want to goof around and, and be a writer? Do I want to goof around and be a photographer? Yeah, absolutely. I hate to imply that this is what it is to be an artist. It's more so like commentary, you know, like you right. see how artistry is received in public spheres and like it's not always this way. I've certainly met more people who are supportive of artists and, and who are excited by artists because they do respect and understand what we bring to the table. Like it's a lot more high concept. Sure, like we create media, we don't create like items, possessions, tools, things that help with functioning society, but we do. It's just intellectual material, you know? It's material that brings an emotional response or an emotional currency to people. And that's harder for some people to wrap their heads around, you know? Well, I mean, if the apocalypse happens, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm bait, I'm food for the animals. Like, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay. That's not to say I don't have any practical skills. Like I can, I, I can jumpstart a car. I can fix uh, plumbing given the right direction tools. Like I'm, I'm good at following directions. Uh, it's not to say I'm completely useless, but the thing that I do to make money is not going to survive, like, help me survive in an apocalypse, you know? I hope you're saving up your bottle caps. Bottle caps? What are bottle caps for? <laughs> it's just a Fallout reference. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured it was a reference, but, um, we don't, we don't have bottle caps anymore, do we? We use cans, mostly. Oh, you're saving I, your cans. I have a jug full of bottle caps. You do? Yeah. Oh, right. You drink beer. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't drink beer, but my roommates do. People drink beer. People yeah. Drink I was beer. like, where the heck are you getting bottle caps from? Yeah. 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 From but, beer. <laughs> from beer. Basically, I come from mostly the same background that you do. My mother was incredibly mm -hmm. supportive of my creative journey, as is my dad, but. The reason I bring most of this up is because my dad was the level-headed one who wanted me to mm -hmm. aspire towards more typical successes for, you know, a, a young up-and-comer like myself. Like, when I said I wanted to be an astrophysicist, he liked that idea. Um, he expressed interest in me, like, 
becoming a doctor or a biologist or a lawyer. He, he wanted me to do something a little bit more standardized. And then my mom's like, why don't you apply to art school? I apply to art school. I get in. Oh, that's nice. I get a half-right scholarship. And then I'm like, well, this, this is simpler. I like doing art and the school accepted me and it's a pretty good deal. I think I should just move forward with it. And I think ever since my dad just couldn't wrap his head around, like, this is really what she's doing, huh? she she could do oh, well, so much my mom more. is totally the same way yeah. yeah my mom is totally the same way um i was going to say maybe this is just like the fact that one of my parents uh was pretty absent and not uh very successful in life <laughs> that maybe it was like anything i do will be a success compared to that um no dissing on my dad but i mean that's kind of the truth about it um but yeah i mean it's 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 hard for parents. It's hard for people to wrap their head around it. Um, and this isn't uh, going to be an episode about like uh, parent issues. It's just like how do we deal with the fact that sometimes being an artist is impractical or sometimes feels impossible. And should is it worth it? Is it worth it? And I, the what we're getting at is it is, but we want to give you a little bit more insight into it rather than just be like, yeah, of course, of course you should be an artist. Like, why should you be an artist? Ash, why should we be artists? I think it's good for the soul. I think that everyone has this intrinsic desire. It's, I, I feel like it's so true to the core of humanity that you want to create you want to expend energy fulfilling ideas in your head. And that's a beautiful thing because your brain is a muscle like everything else. And, you know, it's a little bit pseudoscience but I genuinely believe that, you know, human ingenuity happens on a global scale. So the more that all of us are contributing to our, our own ability to articulate high concept thoughts and create things on paper, everyone else is smarter and better off for it. So it's like, there's nothing wrong with being creative. In fact, I think that's the baseline human instinct. You want to create, you want to create as you were created. So I think it's good just to exercise that fundamental human desire. But I also think it's just like healthy because it's a way, it's an outlet for you to systemize some of the chaos going on in your head. Because all of us are going through that day to day. And I don't think that's something enough of us talk about. Like all of us have like a a fugue that we're fighting every day and it's it might be harder for some of us than others but ultimately like we're trying to make sense of the paths we want to take in our life or the decisions we have to make or you know getting through the day-to-day -day slog of like showing up to something that you may not want to do and coming home only to have like two hours to yourself you know mm -hmm. it's hard mm -hmm. arts and outlet yeah well i'm thinking you know that we're the only creatures on this planet that make art and it's not because we're the only ones that are capable of it um i mean give a monkey a typewriter eventually he'll write uh 12th night whatever the theory goes <laughs> however the theory goes um it's not that we're the only ones capable of holding a paintbrush we're just the only ones capable of thoughts so complex that it forces us to conceptualize and if I, if I might um, elaborate a little bit on, on my experience, the reason I create is because I love to fantasize, you know? I, I think 
this lifetime, as wonderful as it is, it is short. I don't want it to be longer. Please don't. I don't want eternity to live. But I would love to experience many, many lifetimes all at once. <laughs> and that uh, that's how, that's why I... I watch TV, that's why I watch movies, that's why I read books, and that's why I write this stuff, is because I get to experience different points of views, uh, different lives, different ways of thinking, different uh, perspectives. And it's it's just like daydreaming for me. And daydreaming is kind of magical, and it feels great, and it makes the days easier to to get through and I'm not you know I'm not trying to be cynical because like life is wonderful I love my life I love the life we're in despite everything being the way it is sometimes um but you know I, I grew up loving history and I love to read stories that took place in the 19th century the 17th century the 14th century you know I, I like to feel how other people felt um maybe it's this like empathy part of the human brain that um kind of encourages us to create because we're trying to empathize or we're trying to express the way we feel to others it's the gap between the self and the other. Like, you know, when you consider language, the reason we have language is to communicate immediate thoughts and, and like needs, desires. So it's like we created a noise so that we know like there's food here or there's water here. And now we have words to describe like such abstract feelings of malaise that you can only find them in, you know, kitschy dictionaries on Amazon. But the thing is like, that's what art is. It's another form of language. It's another way to communicate abstract thoughts. And, you know, if you find something that you relate to in media, and then there's another thing that you don't relate to in media, it's because your languages aren't, you know, they, they don't transfer, they don't translate well. So as an artist, what you're doing is finding your own language to express to other people, I'm here. I'm experiencing this and I see you also here also experiencing this. And you just hope to God that people understand and they empathize and, and they feel heard and seen as well. Mm -hmm. And it's a difficult process to manage because that requires a lot of like worldly knowledge and knowing people and understanding human behavior and how the world works and history. History is mm -hmm. a huge part of the creative process as well, because I think we react well to stories that remind us of our own history, our own ties to humanity. I, I think. Yeah. Being an artist is necessary, not necessarily necessary as a profession, but being an artist is necessary as a human being because that's how we communicate to one another ideas that we could otherwise never communicate ever in a million years. And I think that's super powerful. And what what gets me is when people, you know, Ash and I decided long ago that we should be artists. That's not a question anymore. That's not up for debate the question here is whether other people should be artists. And, you know, it baffles me that people don't see the artistry in what they do every day. I mean, everything we do has uh, some form of creation art behind it. Like Ash was saying, like, language itself is, is an art. And expressing yourself is an art. And you do that when you're talking to your coworker or when you're 
you know, figuring out which route to take to work that day. Like even shit like that, there's artistry in every decision because it's part of being human. Um, I was thinking about, uh, cause you know, we, we talk a lot about drawing and comics because that's what Ash and I do, but there's several forms of art. And one of the forms of art that I really like to experience is <laughs> video games, but not just me. I watch a lot of gamers and I think that confuses a lot of people sometimes. They don't understand why I would watch someone else play a video game. And that's, that's the thing I get made fun of the most by my family. Shout out to my family. Why would you um, watch but a I spend a lot game of- when you could play it yourself? Right, but like there is such an artistry in video games. I mean, coding is wild and there's such a variety of video games out there. And, you know, I find it very interesting when people play video games that are designed to be frustrating. Um, I can't play those games. I cannot play them. But that is that is a form of artistry that's that's very prevalent right now. It's it's video games that are designed to frustrate you for you to fail and fail and fail again. And um, I mean, one example is Dark Souls games. But I'm thinking more specifically like uh, those games. Um, I don't know if you've heard the game of the game too. Um, it's like a dark web simulator. It's a really weird game. But basically, it's designed in such a way that it is so difficult to finish that it would take at least 20 hours to finish a game that really only takes about two hours to play. Like, you would have to play over and over and over and over and over again. Um, and you just die constantly, constantly. And I, I find those games very interesting because there's this sort of meta design into it of like, I want you to experience the frustration. The experience is part of the art. Um, and, you know, personally, I would never in a million years play that game because I would just get so frustrated. I would just quit. But I like watching other people who, bless their souls, have the commitment to keep going and going despite numerous failures. And that experience in itself is a form of artistry. Um, and it's, you know, it's not to say like, I would never do something that I keep failing at because of course I've failed at several drawings before and I've gone back to them and I've gotten good at them. Um, and that's part of the human experience is just failing until you succeed and, and all of that. Like that is such an artistry to me. And, you know, I, that, that was a tangent for sure. I'm not, <laughs> sorry, that was a tangent, but I just find that so fascinating because that is a form of artistry that we don't talk about a lot is uh, different, different for, forms of creation and different ways of experiencing creation. I'm so glad you gave us a segue to talk about Elden Ring for the rest of the episode. I figured you'd like that. I So, you know, I can continue to geek out about your tangent, but in high school I did a, a lecture about how video games are art. So basically it's one of those essays that you put into a lecture format where it's like, prove your point, like make, make an assertion and prove it. And my assertion was video games are art. And then I talked about Wind Waker for 40 minutes. 
And I completely agree because here, here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not here to like stand because, you know, I have qualms with every creative industry and the people that run them and not every video game production company or title is perfect. But the point of video games is to emulate an experience. It's to create and cultivate right. a space for you to inhabit that has like a linearity to it. Like it feels like you're passing through time. It feels like you're experiencing living something that's beautiful to me. I think that's the closest you can get to true art. And as soon as VR gets close enough, I think that's going to be an arena where we're going to see some of the coolest things ever made, some of the coolest pieces of art ever made. Um, it freaks me out. It reminds me of the metaverse and, you know, our further disillusionment with reality. We keep running away from it. We're like, we're gonna, let's put our headsets on, on and tune everything out. I still think it's so freaking cool. <laughs> I think it's really cool what video games can do. And what video games have made in the past, but I will let you continue because I can see you're getting excited. Well, I'm thinking, you know, this is an episode about should you be an artist? Because the answer is yes. But when we're talking about disillusionment and reality, like, what is reality? Can Whoa. we go into that? What is reality? Well, this is the Duncan Trussell family hour, uh, officially. I should get him <laughs> as a guest. Duncan, are you listening? Um, I could talk about are this Are you for listening? Hours. Yeah, I mean, well, art art is reality, but it's also surreality. It's it's non-reality. And, hyper-reality, you know, even. Hyper-reality. We, we have an experience that is our own, and it is the human condition to try to understand the experience that is our own. But ultimately we will always fall short of experience, like understanding the full experience because our human brains are just not capable of that. And that's where fantasy and magic and, you know, pretend come in. Like I've said, I've spent so much time with children lately that my brain feels like mush sometimes, but like, you know, getting to see the world through a, a child's eyes and like seeing how they are learning and understanding and comprehending some of the more complex issues or just like theories of existence. It almost like brings you back and makes you challenge it again. And, you know, remember that like you're only one experience of 7 billion in the world and you will never, ever know what someone else's experience actually is. You will always theorize, you will always guess, you will always wonder, but you will never know what it is to be someone else. We should play some Kate Bush right now. What is this episode now? What are we talking about? It's just like so it. wild. No, no. We'll, we'll tie it back so together. Wild. We'll tie it back together. Yeah. Um, I love that you brought up children because I, I think that children are the most creatively attuned individuals on the planet. And then we just beat it out of them. We, we systemize mm. them and we indoctrinate them. And we're like, all right, uh, you're going to go through 12 years of public school. You are expected to go to college. Get a degree. Please get into STEM. Um, make as much capital as possible, marry, settle down, and die. And it's like, well, I want to go back to the first, like, 10 years. Let's say the first 10 years of this this poor child's life, where everything is magical and new to them. They're still learning the rules of this reality that we're navigating. 
which is, may I remind everyone, very fucking bizarre. It's very bizarre. Right. And children are highly aware of how bizarre it is. And they have questions. And they, 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 they want to fantasize all the time and explore this strange world that they've been brought into. How do they do that? It's through creative expression. I, I, when I was maybe six or seven years old, I remember this memory so vividly. We had an assignment in class where we had to put together a poster board of like, and about me, meet me, who's me, who's Ash. For mine, I was super excited because that meant I got to draw. And I was really excited to, you know, incorporate drawing into any class assignment that I got. That never changed. Um, so I drew everything out. And, you know, the, the final part was like, what's a question you'd like to ask your teacher? Like any question. And I said, why am I alive? Wow, Ash. <laughs> I love that. And she actually, she, she said, okay, I want you to see me after class. I thought I was in trouble. <sighs> And she's like, you did a beautiful job. You're such a talented artist. I just wanted to ask you about that that last question there. What what does that mean? And I'm like, oh, I just I don't really know why I'm here. What what is what is this? <laughs> How do you articulate that What's when you're happening? six years old? Yeah, you you can't. So you draw. Well, you, you can't questions. articulate it now. <laughs> you draw and you ask questions and you make podcasts. About yeah, it. and you tell other people to yeah. be artists so that they explore these questions with you. Absolutely. And and that's kind of what I was going to get to is like when when kids are playing and drawing and doing all those fun things that we tell them, you know, adults don't do, they're not doing it in a way, most of the time, they're not doing it in a way to like, pretend that they're not here, which is why adults do it a lot of the time. But children do it in a way to just try to comprehend what's happening around them. Um, you know, like I've, I've played... Uh, with my my nieces before and they'll be like okay so it's just you and me I'm the mommy this is my daughter and my husband is dead and I'm like why and it's just like a child trying to comprehend death or like you know they're role-playing things that they experience throughout the day or they've seen other people go through uh, just to try to like comprehend what that feels like and that that's not crazy and that's kind of what we keep doing you know as we get older and that's why we put ourselves into our art so much like that's why I've been working on this story that I've been working on for 10 years because it's a story about growing up and it's been 10 years that I really felt like I went from being a quote-unquote adult that is out of high school and knows what she's doing and has it all figured out to actually being in a point in my life where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm comfortable with who I am, what I am, what I'm thinking, and I'm accepting my limitations and I'm working within those. And, you know, as I've grown up, so has my story because all my art is, is just a way of understanding and reflecting what's happened to me because I still don't know why I'm here. I still don't know why I'm alive. None of us do. Um, and, and when you think about it, it's like the level of understanding that we have in this universe is still so minuscule. I mean, it wasn't very long ago that we as, as a species believed that the earth was stationary and the sun moved around us it wasn't until we 
figured out telescopes that we were able to figure out what's actually happening. And, you know, a telescope is a lens, a lens to understand something new. Art is a lens for us to understand something new. And, you know, in 3,000 years when we're dead, there will be another grand discovery that will completely change the understanding of the universe. But we're not going to be around to know it. Um, and we can only, you know, accept what we know now and process that through art. As we have been doing. As we have been doing this whole time. And that's, that's why we have, you know, artistic movements. I think a lot of people think these are defined by, like, creative sensibilities. Like, oh, the expressionists, they just wanted to paint pretty flat colors. Or, like, oh, the impressionists, they just wanted everything to look dappled. Like, you're looking through... Oh, my gosh. Impressionism. Can we talk about impressionism? Can we go into I do love impressionism. But truthfully, what these art movements are denoting is a change in our conception of reality. It's a challenge to our conception of reality. Like, my kid can do that. I find it so insulting because, one, no, your kid doesn't have the command of design to know how to make that. But also... Straight up. (laughs) You are really... What's the word I'm looking for? You are doing a disservice to the artists that went out of their way to cultivate this lens of viewing reality that challenges you, that asks you to think, to, you know, not just accept what's right in front of you. Because I think that's why people want to be artists. It's because they see the absurdity of the natural world around them, and they understand that our knowledge of the world around them is finite. But we still have to exist and operate within it. We still have to make sense of it. So how do you do that? You, you, you try to create a narrative. It doesn't have to be like a long form narrative, like a show or a graphic novel or whatever. It could be just one piece. But you're creating a narrative that compels the viewer to see the world the way that you do, or at least try to see it outside of the way they normally do. You know, art movements aren't just like some genius was born and decided, I'm going to ch- change the way art is made. It's not like Pablo Picasso was like, you know what? I'm tired of round edges. I'm going to make everything triangles and squares. Like, no, art movements are legitimately a reflection of the ways society changes and grows and evolves. And, you know, when you look at art movements and you, like, put them side by side with, um, like, socioeconomic changes, uh, they're entirely reflected um if you want to see how a society is changing you look at its art precisely precisely and you look at some of the architectural movements i love architecture because uh architecture is entirely a reflection of society because it's it's literally how we're designing the world that we operate in and you know it's not just a painting on the wall it's it's the building you step into and I don't know. I just, I, I love it. I love it. I love art. <laughs> I, I love that we're getting to this point because, again, you you mentioned it earlier. Everyone has a creative pursuit, regardless if they think that's what it is. You know, when I'm doing mm-hmm. my caricature stuff, I meet a lot of people who, haha, I can't even draw a stick figure. I always follow it up with, well, what do you do? Are you in trades? And they're like, yeah, usually. They're like, I'm, I'm a carpenter or I'm a mechanic or I'm a plumber. I'm like, would you say there takes some sort of creativity to do what you do? And they have to think about it for a second, but eventually they're like, yeah, I suppose. And I'm like, well, there you go. You're creating something out of nothing. 
or you have the knowledge to fix something that already exists that's off that takes creative knowledge that takes complex problem solving skills and that's all that creativity is precise i mean there there's not a single plumber out there who's like i'm doing this uh repair exactly the same way i taught they're like nah I've been doing this for 20 years. I know an easier way. I know a quicker way. I know a better way. Uh, I know my way. Everyone has their own way. And that is a creativity. That is that is an art in itself. Um, Art's also for curating spaces and moments. That's why musicians are considered artists as well. Like, who's your favorite artist right now? Like, when someone asks you that, you know that they're talking about a musician, but still, they're an artist. Because, you know, the way that visual artists decorate space, you know, our, our musicians decorate time. Yeah. So there are so many ways that art is prevalent in your day-to-day life. Like when you go to a movie theater, sound engineers had to build that for you to make it the most like pleasurable experience possible. Or, yep. you know, you go to a theater where the architect had to create the acoustics and, you know, the visibility so that no matter where you are, you see the stage and you can hear the stage. Like all of this... All of this is art, and it's made specifically so that while you're here enjoying your absurd existence, don't worry, we all are too, you get to enjoy it to the best of its potential. And that's why we need artists. How do you dress? How do you do your hair? How do you, you know, what kind of car do you have? Uh, Do you keep your space clean? Is it cluttered? How do you wash your dishes? All of that is, you know, decisions that you make in a day to express yourself. And that's what art is. It's expression. Um, And that's why everyone is an artist in their own right, because everyone has something to express. We express ourselves in our sleep with our dreams. Like it is just such a human thing to want to express. So getting to the, back to the, the, the theme of today. Themes. Themes. Tonight's theme is themes. What to do if you've decided you want to be an artist? I mean, now now that you, Ash and I have made it very clear that you already are an artist and that everything you do in your day-to-day life is an expression. How do you take that ephemeral, ethereal, crazy concept of expression and narrow it and focus it into creation? Um, that's a stumper. That's a thinker. Well, here's what I would say. We're going to have an episode soon on how to realize your dream project. That's a working title. We still have to workshop it a little bit. But you have an idea in your head, or at least you have a cloud of thoughts in your head and you don't know how to parse through them. And you want so desperately to funnel it into one concise creative vision. Guess what? No one can do it. (laughs) That's why we have projects that last years and years at a time. But that's a good thing. That just means that you're operating at the same, you know, level ground as the rest of us. And what I would say is, how do you funnel it? You just start. You find something. You find something to do. And that's why, you know, most people will tell you if you want to be an artist, just keep a sketchbook on you or a notebook. Something to just Mm -hmm. jot things down as you go about your day to day. And once you create a habit, you start to realize you understand the system very well, the system of creating your work, so that you can make something that's a little bit more cohesive, something with a through line. But ultimately, just start. Just start making something. And then the rest will come to you with time. That's the gardener in you. 
Yes. And, and you know, if you're like, if you've got a sketchbook and you're drawing things and you're like, this doesn't look good or I don't really know what I'm doing, you know, one of my highest recommendations, and we will go deeper into this in the next episode that we are talking about now, research is not only helpful to get you grounded and to know what you're doing, but it's also helpful to keep pushing you forward. We have this thing called the internet. You guys should check it out. <laughs> I love because that. Because I know what you want to do, I guarantee you someone else is already doing it. And they're not doing it the same way you're doing it. That doesn't mean that um, what your idea is is a bad idea or like someone else has already done it. That's not what that means. Um, first of all, if you want to be an artist, recognize that you're in a community, not a competition. And second of all, watch other people do what you want to do. If you want to be a comedian, you got to watch stand-up. If you want to be a, a gamer, you got to watch other people game. If you want to design video games, you have to play video games. If you want to read, if you want to write, you have to read. If you want to draw, watch other people draw. And do your research. I mean, I, I you know... I started telling Ash about this um, new project that I have. The first thing I did was I bought six books on uh, just like historical research around the time period that I want to um, uh, interact within. And for me, that that does so many wonderful things to my brain. Like I am transported. I am living there and I am feeling it. Find what makes you feel it. You know, if you can feel it, you can make it. Stop thinking, start feeling. That's Stop our thinking. that's our motto for this project or this podcast, you know. Stop thinking, start feeling. I guess this is a question for you, but it's also for our listeners. But when you are in the creative mindset, in the creative space, and you're really into it, like you've managed to tune out the whole world, what does it feel like? It feels like I am in a timeless space. I don't eat. I don't sleep. I don't age. There's nothing I need. All I need is to put a pencil to paper. And it's just the best feeling in the world. That's the high I'm constantly chasing. It's rapturous. It is. I completely agree. I think that... so. Here's, here's a more fine-tuned answer, or at least question, the, the litmus test, if you will. How do you feel when you're drawing? How do you feel when you're writing? How do you feel when you're creating? If there's something that brings you to that, well, I mean, we can call it holy, let's just call it sanctimonious. If something brings you to that place in your head where everything's It's a okay, religious experience. It kind of is. And, you know, neither yeah. as nor I are especially religious, but we feel this sort of spirituality surrounding our artwork and our process because that's what makes us feel whole. That's what makes I us mean, feel creation safe. is godlike. I mean, theoretically, creation is godlike. It makes you feel like a god. Again, is that too much? No, that's what <laughs> I was trying to get much? at in the beginning. Absolutely. Like, and it's not supposed to be like a, a, a pious thing either. It's not like you are elevated above your fellow humans. It's you are trying to tap into this universal well of like, I, I don't want to say fertility, but like 
exuberance, vitality, something that makes you feel alive. What makes you feel alive? Creation, literally giving life to something. And it doesn't have to be like you're, you're Frankenstein and you're creating literally a, a monster on your table. What you're doing is you're breathing life and energy into something that was otherwise inanimate. You are making something animated. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's, that's why you magic. and I do this. Yeah. That's so if you magic. feel that, yeah. if you feel that, you're an artist. And that doesn't mean you have to go make a movie. Doesn't mean you have to go make a graphic novel. It just means that you're an artist. And that's that's great. We're happy for you. And if if you're um and and like on on the contrary, if you are doing something creative and you're not feeling that, there's a couple of reasons. Like it's totally normal for you to not feel that. And, and one reason might be that you're just tired and hungry and you're a human who needs care. And if you're not feeling it, take a break. Or you might just not want to do that thing that you're doing. Like if you're, if I'm trying to, I don't know, do something creative that like isn't really my jam, uh, why, why would I keep doing it? Like I'm just not feeling that inspiration. But, exactly. you know, on the on the contrary, like, I just love making things. I feel that with so many things. I feel that when I'm doing woodwork, when I'm knitting, when I'm creating anything with my hands, I feel that, um, shit, man, I was, I was using the weed whacker. I was doing, like, yard work the other day, and I felt so good doing it, because it was, like, doing something with my hands, and it was making a physical change in the world with my body and it, it felt like i don't know d destruction creation it felt wonderful it felt good to care for something and use my hands to create something and to change something that's really what it is um so if you're not feeling that don't do that thing stop doing that thing you can always come back to it. Maybe you do want to do that yeah. thing someday, but maybe right now you don't want to. Listen to your own body. That's, yeah. that's basically what we're saying. Like, listen to what yeah. feels right. I'm so glad that you brought up the weed whacking thing because I that reminded me of, I think, last summer. I was sitting outside and there was a discarded branch on the ground and it was small. It was only like maybe six inches long. And I pick it up and for whatever reason, I decide to just start looking at it, like really looking. And I noticed like all of these fine little idiosyncrasies and the beautiful structures of nature and how molecules come together and how organic life looks. It's beautiful. It truly is art, you know? And while I'm looking You're at it- You're such a like, nerd. I am a nerd. I'm like, I want to I destroy this thing. I don't know where that compulsion <laughs> came from either, but I wanted to destroy it. So I started picking off the bark. I started picking mm -hmm. up the bark and underneath it reveals like all of these, like, you know, like there's dirt and there's some bugs and I'm watching like this whole microbiome come to life underneath my fingernails. And I started thinking to myself, everything is beautiful. Everything mm -hmm. is beautiful. If you look yeah. close enough, there's this one photographer. I can't remember who said it exactly, but he said, if you can't get the right shot, you're not close enough. And I think that's the case for most things in life. Like, if you're finding that everything around you is, like, dull or losing color, or you're just disinterested, and maybe it's with a project, or maybe it's with the dishes, just, like, I don't know, I challenge you to, like, bring that plate as close to your nose as possible and look at everything about it. Or go outside and, like, look at the grass on the ground and get as close to it as possible and see, like, all the moving pieces that make up the ground, the fertile ground. 
that's part of the creative mindset is being able to look at yeah. things at a like not microscopic but at a smaller level like you you take them apart and you appreciate how they function in the grander whole well i think what that is really alluding to which um i think it's a good exercise but i think what it's really getting at is just focus and that's why so many artists meditate and why meditation is important and why drawing can be a form of meditation what it really is is just focusing and turning off your crazy crazy brain and just listening to one thing just getting in tune with one thing if it's the beating of your heart if it's looking at the the ants crawling on the ground if it's just just tune everything out and focus and see like that one spot that's where your creative mind is going to go crazy because you can finally tune out all the noise of reality and tune into surreality this this podcast is made by ADHD for ADHD <laughs> <laughs> I wish, yeah. This podcast is sponsored by Adderall. Oh no! <laughs> JK, don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. Um. Well, well, we can we can delineate further later, but it's not the time or place. Yeah, because another have episode. More view. Yeah, yeah. Another but, episode. So yes, you should be an artist. Uh, please tune into yourself more. Um, again, lifestyle podcast, uh, we're not your therapist, right. these are things that help us because I think a lot of artists face a lot of the same issues, a lot of the same hangups because, you know, for the most part, we are kind of configured the same way to be an artist. Your brain has to be wired to see the world in a certain way, which again, is just problem solving. Your brain is wired to problem solve. So when you see like a blank sheet of paper, how you problem solve is you create a universe on it. And here are some exercises to learn how to tune into that because that's your greatest asset, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, for those of you who are listening to this and being like, I'm so sick of people telling me to meditate. Screw meditation. I never want to meditate. Like, I'm not telling you that it's going to solve all the problems in the world. I'm not telling you that it's going to make you uh, a Monet overnight. I'm just, I'm just encouraging you to find your own way to focus on something. Ashes and mindfulness isn't just meditation. No. Yeah. No, I not at all. Uh, mindfulness is is it's a it's a way of living, and you can't constantly be in meditation mode. Like you're gonna have to get out of meditation mode uh at some point in in your life to eat to shower to sleep to do all those things that are human uh to work to pay the bills all those things that keep you alive you can't do that in meditation mode but you can do it in in a mindful way and um you know that that mindfulness that mental quietude that's where you can really tune into uh, artistry or you could also tune into your artistry through other passionate emotions i mean we're not we're not jedis here we embrace the full spectrum of emotions and if it's anger that's driving you to art 
be angry. If it's uh, excitement, if it's, I don't know, horniness and you want to draw furry <laughs> porn, I'm not going to judge you. Um, I don't want to see it, but I'm not going to judge you. Uh, whatever passionate expression you want to make, make it. Uh, we are simply saying that like mindfulness and meditation and focus is going to help you tune into that specific emotion. I would say there are two modes that we operate in. Like you have your active mode and your passive mode. And if you're an artist, you're often in the passive mode because you, you spend a lot of time in your own head. And mm. there's, I feel like the reason we do that is because we're making sense of what's happening right in front of us as a way of compartmentalizing and kind of like creating a, a mental encyclopedia of human experience. Like, what do I want to draw upon in this moment? What do I want to make sense of in this moment for future work, for future articulation? And it's like, you're not living. When you're in passive mode, you're not living. And there's nothing wrong mm -hmm. with that. But the thing is, if you spend too much time in passive mode, you forget that active mode is there. And active mode is presence. It's, it's focus. It's vitality. It's living. And you need to have a balance of both. So as an artist, make sure that you spend time mindfully existing, being in every present moment that's given to you, just as often as you're giving time and energy to articulating these experiences. I couldn't have said it better myself. That was perfect. It's beautiful. Well, we've covered art so we went in <laughs> all along the spectrum of emotions. Um, is there any other reason you should be an artist beyond expressing yourself or because you already are an artist? Ash? Because I want to see what you want to make. Oh, I like that answer. I do. I do want to see what you make. Um, I want to. I want to feel what you feel, guys, people out there in the world. <laughs> Show me your feelings. I want to see what you make. Show me your feet. <laughs> Show me your feet. Is that a good way to end it? Uh, th th think, think less, less feel, feel more. more. And hey, Ash. Hey, Ash. Let's give a shit. Let's give a shit. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again this week, you guys. We love that you listen. It means so much to us. Bye.